You're listening to episode 70 of Alexa in Canada, The Voice Experience. She's got, She's skills. got skills. My name's Terry Fisher, and here's the deal. Voice technology is changing so fast, and I'm trying my best to keep up with it. I'm here to learn everything I can about Alexa, so you and I can figure her out, and so we can make our lives more organized, relaxed, stress-free, and even have some fun. Let's learn some skills. Hello and welcome to this week's episode of Alexa in Canada. Boy, do I have a treat for you today. I have a special guest on the podcast with me today. It is Ian Utili, and he is a guy that I met at the Alexa conference. We had a fantastic time. He was there live streaming some of the content. In fact, I did an interview with him that we broadcasted live to his audience and to my audience. And in the course of meeting him, I realized just how much this guy knows about future tech. And he is so excited about voice technology that the more I started to speak with him there, the more I became intrigued with his ideas. And I really wanted to have him on the podcast today to share with you some of his really cool ideas for the future and where we are going with voice technology. So like I said, I think you're in for a real treat here. Uh, we get even a little bit emotional, if I can say that, about one of the scenarios that he you know, paints the picture of for us. So uh, enjoy. Without any further ado, I really want to welcome Ian onto the podcast. Hey, Ian, it is wonderful to have you here on the Alexa in Canada podcast. Thanks so much for, uh, for joining me and the listeners. Absolutely. Very honored to be here. I think your podcast is incredible. Your Alexa flash briefing is incredible. And uh, even face-to-face, you <laughs> are quite a man and you're doing a lot of great things in the voice industry. Oh, so thank stop. You <laughs> That's great. I appreciate that, Ian. Um, so as you just alluded to there, I first met you at the Alexa conference. And right. it was a little bit of a surprise for me. You came up to me and you're like, hey, I'm doing some of this live streaming at the conference and I'd like to interview. And I thought, okay. Sounds great. And little did I know that I was speaking to a man here who has got some really great ideas about what is going on in terms of the future of technology and voice. And I really wanted to have you on the podcast to share some of your thoughts with the listeners. So maybe the best place to start off is just to introduce yourself a little bit to the listeners and let them know who you are. Who is Ian? Uh, Well, it's always a little strange to talk about yourself, but... um... (laughs) Let, let me think what would be great to share in context of your listeners, right? Alexa in Canada. Mm-hmm. So um, my family's been in the California uh, area for 20 generations. Wow. Um, and so we've been in the Bay Area for 10 generations. So Lieutenant Moraga landed in San Francisco. He founded the Presidio. He had the priest and 14 men, their women and children. <laughs> he made his way down south and he founded the city of San Jose uh, in the late uh, 18th century. And so, um, that is one reason why I think about the future a lot. So I think about the future a lot because I think about the past a lot because my family, right? So my family's lived in the Silicon Valley for, uh, over 10 generations. And I speak at a lot of, uh, business conferences and I, you know, like to start, uh, the first great entrepreneur of the Silicon Valley. And I tell his dramatic story. And I think the reason why a lot of my career has been focused on developing, uh, future technologies is because I give Lieutenant Moraga permission to have an epic legacy, hmm. 10 generations from his death. And I want to make sure that I give my children, I have two boys, six and 10 years old. 
I want to give them permission to have as much ambition as he had to make as big of an impact as he and the rest of our family had made. So I think that's kind of a key point when it comes to my career. My career has been in the Silicon Valley. I uh, have never had a job my entire life. Hmm. Um, I've only basically started things and some have been successful, which I'm very grateful for. Of course, many were just like going to college, you know, and the greatest failures are like getting a doctorate in entrepreneurship. Right. Um, and so I have started primarily tech companies, software, um, as well as I'm a partner in a bunch of things outside of tech as well. Uh, and so my career is primarily launching companies and my hobby is actually supporting large international nonprofits. Uh, so some people love to go race motorcycles. I I'm far too intense to do that. I'd kill myself or somebody. <laughs> so I go and I try to do good by serving these large scale international nonprofits, uh, kind of on the side as a passion. And then most of my career time is spent, um, developing. Now my role is I am the mouth and I try to find some incredible brains, right? I always make the joke. I just got to find a bunch of brilliant, smart, CTO level people that think the idea that's baking in my head is good enough to bond with me and form a team. And then I'll build infrastructure and partnerships around us. And then I'll go find our initial revenue. Primarily, it's only been through uh, service contracts and sales because I've never been one that's leaned on investment. Um, and so that's a little bit about my career. I'm easy to find. Ian Utile, I-A-N. U-T-I-L-E. And if you're in, if anybody's interested in like, who's this guy that likes to talk about the future of voice and the future of things, you know, check me out on LinkedIn, connect with me. I, I'm happy to connect with folks and uh, have a dialogue. Perfect. Perfect. Well, that's a, that's a great introduction. Great background. My next question for you then is, so I, like I say, we met at the Alexa conference. What brought you to the Alexa conference? Meaning why did you want to be there? Why were you excited to be at the conference? Oh, that's easy. I mean, <clears throat> the, the people that are developing tech today and have vision for where voice as an operating system is going to go and voice as a content creation tool, voice as a content consumption tool, voice as a time-saving um, you know, thing on everybody's life that engages with it. Those people that are doing that in the Amazon Alexa ecosystem, they were going to be at the Alexa conference. Uh, I've been tracking Bradley and yourself and Brian and, you know, many of the, you know, leaders in this industry through podcasting and the social media posting for quite some time, I kept wanting to get into the cool kid club. I'm like, one day, one day I will get <laughs> to be these guys friends, but I don't want to seem desperate. So, you know, I got to wait till they invite me in. And then me and Bradley met at CES in January, a few days before the Alexa conference. And he opened the door and allowed me to come and, and be a part of what you guys were doing. And that's great. I'm really glad that he did because I've had the chance to look at some of your some of your videos and I've seen some of your thoughts about the future. And like I said, this is why I'm really excited to talk to you. I wonder if we can, you know, set the stage here and if you can share with me and share with the listeners, how do you see voice affecting our lives going forward here over the next maybe five, 10 years or as, or as far as you'd like to, to imagine it? Yeah, fantastic. It's hard to nail down timing. You know, it's it's uh, it is risky to consider yourself in any capacity a futurist. Um, 
And it's funny to me how often I, people say, well, I'm not a futurist. And then they talk about the future. Well, I, I'm no futurist. So that's not true. I'm definitely a futurist. Uh-huh. I saw <laughs> that. No doubt. But I, I saw your thinking, title there. Op- op- optimist tech futurist. I love it. I love the exactly. optimist part. I, I lead with optimistic. Okay. Because that is the basis of all of my predictions and desires and assumptions and driving motivations that would cause me to want to build things for the future is my optimism that we humanity have a much higher probability of a Star Trek Jetsons type future than a Black Mirror, Altered Carbon, Alita, Terminator, Blade Runner, Electric Dreams type of future. I think that's very unlikely that we head toward a dystopic future. I believe in an anti-dystopic future, as Brian recently said on your podcast. Right. I love that phraseology. Uh, And, uh, you know, I I don't believe in utopia. I mean, I don't think that's going to happen on Earth. We're always going to deal with life and life is here to teach us lots of lessons and build our character. But let's get back to the future of voice. Um, To clarify what a futurist is, there's three kinds. There's a scientist that has a certification and they're a real futurist. Then there's guys like me. I'm a fake futurist. (laughs) I'm a a self-declared futurist because I study culture Uh and and I have for a couple of decades from a tech perspective and I am looking at how culture is using tech today And I'm thinking through what is the market demanding now? What will the market demand later? Then I speak forth what what could be. Then I build teams around that idea and we try to build that future. So a little background on that. And with your uh, if you'd like me to still go ahead and talk about the future of voice, I'd love to. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Please. Uh, that's that. Yes, I'm waiting. I want to hear your ideas of the future. And and also, I, I, I like that you're. You know, when you, when you relate it to the Jetsons, um, you know that gives me kind of a an idea of where you're going overall, and the the idea that this is going to be a a uh, a positive thing for us. So please, yeah, go ahead and tell us more about what do you see going out going on. Absolutely, thank you. So I strongly believe that human beings, uh, in general, will not do certain things. We will not put a chip in our head. Um, We will not engage with virtual reality for a long, long, long time. Um, Augmented reality is pretty far away, and I believe it will be an addition. It'll be whipped cream on top of the last interface, right? But the last interface is voice. The likelihood of anything else replacing voice in the future is very low. We've gone from 10 keys or 10 fingers on a keyboard, a hot box that makes noise to two thumbs on a small piece of glass. And now finally we're getting to a place of maturity where now it may take several years. It may take more than a decade, but before long a machine, whether it's Alexa or assistant or some new thing, but let's stick with Alexa because it's Alexa in Canada This machine, Alexa, will literally understand you better than any human being does. And you will understand what it is communicating to you better than a human being could communicate to you. So when we get to the point where you're able to communicate with tech at the speed of voice and you have an interactive relationship and you want to get 17 things done in the next couple of days and you're able to walk through that list of 17 things and because the voice operating system of Alexa is basically 
a machine learning or you could call it artificial intelligence if you want, even though it doesn't exist. <laughs> there's no such thing as our AI. There's only machine learning. That's the sexy you know, phrase we put on it. Right. It's getting smarter and smarter and better and better with each interaction. So in my mind, the future of voice is very clear. It is the last interface that we will use as humanity. The benefactors are the least of these. Think about the couple billion people in the world that cannot read. They cannot write. Mm -hmm. uh, they do not understand the most common languages. If you could provide an Alexa in five years to most of those folks and the Alexa operating system matures at the scale by which we think it will, mm -hmm. all of a sudden you just made two billion of the least uh, the people that have the less the least amount of opportunities. You just made them productive in society. Wow. Now, all of a sudden you can get all of the secrets of them and their parents and their grandparents and their great, great grandparents. You can empower them to tell the stories of their tribes and their regions and their cultures of how they cook things, of how they uh, farm, of how they, it, it transforms their ability to actually produce something for society that would allow them to maybe be compensated for more than a dollar a day or even worse, a dollar a week. And now all of a sudden we just empowered in a massive percentage of people that way. Now, of course, for us, we're in a first world country mm -hmm. and we already are very graced to have tech the way that we do. So for us, it may not make that drastic of an imp impact, but imagine a future where when you have a thought of something you need to do, you know that you can say, hey, Alexa, um, I just thought of a business idea. Um, I want you to go to uh, domains.com and I want you to buy Terry's new idea.com and Alexa <laughs> says it's not available, but Terry's new idea.io is available. And you say, okay, great. Check the five main social media sites and see if it's available. The hat, the, the ad symbols there. Yes. Okay. Buy the domain. Get me the five sites. Uh, I took this picture yesterday at the beach. Uh, go ahead and pull that photo, make that the banner for everything. Um, also, I wrote this article on Medium last week. Just pull that headline and pull the first three paragraphs and just superimpose that in the web in, in this new website that you just build with either Squarespace or Wix, whatever Alexa you think would be the best fit for this new idea. And then um, go ahead and, and fill out this bio on the social media sites. When you're done with that, can you just pull that up onto, um, onto my TV screen? <laughs> and what does Alexa do? Alexa does it in seven seconds. Why? Because Alexa doesn't need time to think. Alexa doesn't need to contact anybody. Alexa just does what needs to be done. It's very, very, very simple. You know, you're not talking about, uh, okay, Alexa says, I'll get back to you in 10 hours. That's not how it's going to work with Alexa. It's going to be done. So then you're looking at your new website, your five new social media sites on your TV screen, and you're telling Alexa what to change. And now you're getting pumped about your new idea. You're like, oh my, this is coming to life. I don't have to spend $100,000 or even $5,000 building a brand and hiring web designers to take 10 times longer than they said they would take to build it. Right. And now you go, well, I need to tell people about it. She say, hey, Alexa, uh, go through my cell phone. Everybody I've texted in the last three months that's within 50 miles of where I live, I want you to go ahead and text them a link to this site and tell them that I'm getting together uh, with is with a, a party or an event in a month. And I just want them to know that the date I'm thinking of is April 24th. 
and hmm. I'll send them more details soon. And all of a sudden, the message goes out. There's a simple call to action on the website, and now you have a waiting list of people that can't wait to come to your party. Huh. That's the future of voice as an operating system for an innovator that constantly thinks of new ideas but doesn't have months and tens or hundreds of thousands of dollars to flesh out every single idea. That is like that is my dream because being a uh, you know having a job full time as a physician, uh, and I've got these passions uh, in terms of hobbies and this voice technology. Boy, if I could just talk to my assistant and get it to do all the stuff that takes me hours to sit down and come up with and format and set up and edit and all that stuff. Wow, would that ever be a lifesaver for me? Right. I mean, it's going to be a really big deal for people. And now people don't necessarily have to have all the right training and certifications and connections and relationships. All of a sudden, you know, this voice operating system becomes a real companion to you. If you don't mind, I'd like to talk about the elderly and the impact it might make for them in the future. Absolutely. That's another big area of interest for me because uh, as, as the listeners will know, um, I'm a physician and one of the areas where this is going to have a big impact, I believe, is in helping the elderly to maintain their independence. So I'd love to hear your thoughts on that. Yeah. So there's 10,000 people on average in America that turn 65 every day. Uh, both of my parents are over 65 mm -hmm. and you know, it wasn't that long ago that my grandma was living at my parents' house and she got Alzheimer's and dementia and then she eventually passed away. And, you know, the last several years of her life were very, very difficult for her and my mother. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, all of us are stirred with passion. We watch Iron Man, right? We watch an Avengers movie and we're like, I want Jarvis. I want Jarvis so bad. <laughs> I hope he doesn't become vision. I don't want to lose Jarvis, but I really want to have that cool augmented reality. And I want to talk to a machine and Right. Now, I think that this operating system, like a Jarvis type of thing, which we won't start with it being in glasses and headsets like it is for Tony Stark in the Iron Man movies and comic books, it'll start by being an a, a audio system like an Alexa, maybe augmented by a TV screen, as an mm -hmm. example. So imagine a future 2021, 2024, when one of our grandparents or one of our parents wakes up in the morning. And their life without voice as an operating system is going to be a lot like what it was like for my grandmother recently. She wakes up, she cries, she doesn't know who she is, where she's at, or why my mom's coming in the room. Mm -hmm. She doesn't really have much comprehension except for that she's scared. Mm -hmm. And she and she and then it's hard on my mother, right? So this is the future I imagine for the elderly that are set up with this type of system is they'll have an Alexa in their room. They will wake up. There will be some sort of sensor that will know they have just arose. The lights will turn on in just the way that is best for their physiology. Uh -huh. The TV screen will come up and a photograph of their son or daughter, niece or nephew, their family comes up on the screen. And Alexa very gently says, maybe in grandma's husband's voice that passed away, you know, hey, Gail, um, it's it's Bob. <laughs> hey. This is a picture of our daughter and our son and their kids. Um, Cindy's going to come in the room in the next couple of minutes. She's going to bring you your strawberries and your water. It's what you like to have every morning. You are in Vancouver, Canada right now. This is where you've lived your whole life. And I'm no longer with you, you know, but, but you still have your family, hun. And 
you love to listen to Tony Bennett and Frank Sinatra. What are you in the mood for right now? Hmm. And, you know, she's like, okay, uh, I'll take Tony Bennett. And all of a sudden, Tony starts singing to her. Next thing you know, her daughter comes in. And now all of a sudden, we've created true companionship, right? And now we change Cora. Now Cora says to Gail, uh, Gail, would you like to send your grandchild uh, to college? Would you like to send your daughter on vacation? All you have to do is just keep answering questions on Cora. And it shows a picture of the Vietnam War and, you know, a picture of her husband, Bob. And all of a sudden she's like remembering all these things. And now she's starting to tell the story of what was <laughs> right. Or she starts to explain how to crochet. She starts to explain, you know, how to paint a painting because those are her skills. Those are her skill sets. And instead of being a feeling like lost, scared, um, sad, uh, angry, all these emotions that come with waking up with Alzheimer's and dementia. Now, just because of a little change in how we interact with technology and the ability to like model Bob's voice that she'll recognize and the ability to like show her some things that are going to happen that day. Now she wakes up and she like remembers, Oh, this, that's right. I, I don't know everything. I am a little scared, but this is the pattern of my life now. My husband wakes me up through this machine. I get to see a picture of my kids. My daughter brings me the same thing every day. I listen to like, okay. And all of a sudden we change the lives of people. Yeah. That's the type of tech that gets people emotional. Yep. That's the type of thing that allow people to say, I will make any sacrifice it takes to build this type of future. Mm-hmm. And, and my greatest message that I can give to anybody that's thinking about the future of voice is to be patient and to build a castle. And so I think a lot about patience when it comes to tech. I've been working as a professional in the Silicon Valley for 20 years. I've obviously seen a lot of things, right? I've seen entire industries disrupt industries and take over, then completely fall apart by new disruptive technologies. Mm-hmm. And I see the speed by which people are engaged. I see how people are so anxious about their stock options and their exit and their money and, and their glory and their position and their power. And I often think, gosh, it wasn't that long ago when a king, a queen, an emperor, you know, an artist, an yeah. innovator, they didn't think about today or tomorrow or 10 years from now. They were thinking about how they do things with a long, long view. And if we get people to start thinking through voice as an operating system with a long view, we'll make much better decisions about what we build, what we promote, what we stand behind, what we support, because we'll be thinking about our great, great, great grandchildren that we'll never meet, but we're affecting with our actions today. That is really, really, really well said. I love those examples. And I can, and I'm sure the listeners will feel it too. When you're describing that interaction of Gail and being woken up by her, her husband's voice. And the, I mean, I, you know, I, I can't help but feel emotional about that, that kind of scenario. It's just remarkable what this is going to do. Um, and I think, uh, wow, you've really explained that in a, in a really uh, tremendous way. I know that, um, you know, a lot of what you've spoken about and you've referenced him a number of times is, is Brian Romley thinks very much the same. And, um, mm-hmm. I'll have to put a link to that interview as well in this, in this, uh, in the show notes for this episode, but wow. Yeah. I mean, I listened to Brian's podcast twice, uh, this, this week, and then I finally reached out to Brian. Yeah, he's and told him, you know, how grateful I am for what he's uh, articulating to the world. And um, and he just, you know, he's 
you know, he's definitely a real futurist. I'm a fake futurist. Proud of it. <laughs> that dude is legit. <laughs> he is, and and, and you know it, it, that's that's why I love doing these bod- these podcasts. Uh, I'm getting we're getting sort of away from the from from the topic here, but you know, quite frankly, like I love having these conversations where I can hear these ideas of people like yourself, like Brian, who have the long term uh, view in mind, and it's not about the short term easy win. Uh, I I really hope that we've learned from experience, as you said, that we can be patient and that we can really create a voice world, a voice first world that really can do some good for society, not only, you know, for the companies to make some quick bucks, because then I think we can really have a a profound influence on, on the way we do things. That's right. That's right. You know, we have a very, very promising future ahead of us. Um, you know, one thing that I will also mention, because I think there's some fear around the future of big data yes, and around the future of, you know, like Amazon Alexa and the other major competitors, like yep. we trust them, are they listening to us, are they recording us? If not today, will they in the future? So if you don't mind, I'd just like to share what I think is the silver lining in all of this. Around please. Big data. Yeah, please go ahead. So there's two core technologies that I believe are most important. Uh, as they are emerging. And so the first is voice. The voice as an operating system is the most important technology, in my opinion, in that there's ever going to be for individual human beings. Terry, for you, for me, for my children, this voice tech will make a more pleasurable and productive impact on our lives than any other technology. Now, of course, it's because the internet exists. Of course, it's because machine learning has been developed. Right. But that that expression of voice OS, it's a big deal. The way that we get around the fear of what could be with these big centralized companies is that we now are finally coming to a place where organizations can choose to become semi-decentralized and brand new organizations can rise up as semi-decentralized or potentially fully decentralized companies. And now we talk about this in context of blockchain. Mm -hmm. Now, blockchain is not cryptocurrency. Cryptocurrency is one uh, application of it. But blockchain is also smart contracts and solving supply chain management. And ultimately, blockchain is a third-party ledger. So, Terry, if you and I as people or our two organizations make a, an agreement, mm-hmm. today we make an agreement, and there's all sorts of brokers between you and I, right? There's DocuSign to sign the contract, and there's, there's all these different brokers, and there's time that it takes to get things done. With a quasi-decentralized you know, or a fully decentralized uh, company that is putting their data their de- in the database of a blockchain le- ledger, all those things will be automated. And now this is why it matters for voice. In the future, most of these devices that will last and thrive, I hope for Amazon's sake, Alexa is that. Mm -hmm. They will have to release some of the control that they have in the central centralized power system. Mm -hmm. And they will have to institute some quasi-decentralization at least and give people access to their data. Yes. And what will happen is the blockchain ledger that's being used will hold that company, in this case, Amazon accountable. And now Amazon, let's assume that they don't do anything unethical today, but we're worried that maybe in the future they would do something unethical. Well, they would have a very difficult time doing that if they chose to be accountable to 
a blockchain ledger. In Uh addition, and more importantly, the technology will be held accountable. See, there's a lot of fear around, well, will technology ever have a soul? Will technology ever try to harm humans? Like, and there's all these things. I think it's an intelligent conversation. We probably should like have a UN agreement that will never turn off computers just in case. (laughs) Uh, But I do think that blockchain, this third party ledger, operated and empowered by smart contracts, basically automated if this, then that type systems with this third party ledger, it will hold tech accountable because we will write in the rules of engagement for how machine learning interacts with people. We will write in the rules of engagement of how a voice operating system interacts with a person or an organization. So although voice as an operating system, in my opinion, is the most important thing for an individual human, for all of humanity, it's blockchain and its development. Now, I think voice as an OS will have a very significant state of uh, maturity in the next five years. And I think blockchain is more like 25 years, maybe 10. Hmm. So we do have this gap uh, in there. But I think that there's more and more companies that are creating decentralized organizations where they spread out the power and where they empower the great content creators and they empower the content consumers and they provide a sense of authenticity and vulnerability and transparency and honesty uh, around how they operate. And I think it's going to be very hard for hyper-centralized companies like a Google, a Facebook, and Amazon to compete with these new emerging structures unless they themselves are willing to make some changes and they will be willing because they have everything to lose and everything to gain. And they're very smart people that run these companies and they know it. So in conclusion, my opinion, voice is an operating system, most important new tech for an individual person like you and I, Mm -hmm. blockchain or the decentralized type architecture using the third party ledger, most important technology for all of humanity, because what it will do to hold uh, technology, companies, corporations, uh, governments accountable. Fantastic. Um, and uh, yeah, I, I totally agree with you. I couldn't agree with you more. I think that is really, really well said. Boy, Ian, it is an absolute pleasure to be able to uh, to chat with you and hear some of your thoughts. I knew that this uh, podcast episode wouldn't disappoint. And uh, sure enough, we've got tons of great content in here that I, I know the listeners will be very intrigued. And I encourage them to reach out and, and join the discussion. How can they get in touch with you if they want to reach out with you and, and continue on with this discussion? Yeah, it's great. Uh, I'm Ian Utile, I-A-N-U-T-I-L-E, everywhere. Uh, I was huge on MySpace and Friendster before Facebook ruined that. <laughs> I have been a social media dude for a long time, you know. So uh, I'm on there. I'm easy to find. Um, another thing is I'd like to invite your entire audience to come to uh, the event sure. Voice of the Car Summit. Uh, it is I, I'm, my friends at the NASDAQ Entrepreneurial Center in San Francisco are hosting uh, the Voice First event uh, and it is uh, Voice of the Car Summit on April 9th. That is a Tuesday, 8 a.m. to about 4 p.m. Great. We have the stage packed with people like folks from Amazon Alexa, Automotive, uh, Google Assistant, some of the car manufacturers. And that will be uh, thrilling. It'll be a sold-out event if it's not already sold out. Definitely go to voiceofthecar.com, buy a ticket before it's too late. And then I will be live streaming from the broadcast studio. And we will be launching Voice First dot tv that day on april 9th and i hope that this new uh approach to broadcast great 
content around the voice first industry uh, will have a, a fantastic birth that day and will go on into maturity to impact the industry and empower guys like yourself uh, to have new platforms to share uh, the things that are on your mind um, with folks engaged with uh, the voice first community. Wonderful. I think that's a fantastic idea. So I'm looking forward to, to seeing that. And uh, certainly I'm going to be looking into how uh, I can share some more content through video as well. Cause uh, uh, yeah, it's, it, as, as you knew, as you well know, and the listeners know it's another great medium uh, for people to, to get involved. So wonderful. Well, thanks for sharing that with us. Thank you for taking the time to come on the podcast. I really appreciate it. And I look forward to continuing the discussion with you personally and uh, continuing to see where this takes us over the next little while. Terry, I want to be your friend. <laughs> Likewise. And uh, I look forward to many more, uh, many more conversations with you, Ian. Me too. Me too. Thank you so much for inviting me. I hope you enjoyed that as much as I enjoyed bringing that to you. Uh, I do consider Ian a friend and I feel very fortunate through this podcast to be able to meet people like him. I hope you enjoyed what he had to say. I think he's got some incredible ideas of where we're going in the future. Uh, I tend to be more of an optimist like Ian. Uh, I hope and I believe that we generally are good people and we are not going to put ourselves in a path that's going to lead us towards this dystopian society. Uh, But rather, we will make the right choices and voice technology will be part of what gets us there. Please feel free to check out the show notes for this episode, which you can find at alexaincanada.ca slash 70. I will have the links to contact Ian on LinkedIn. As well, I will make sure I put the link to the Brian Romley podcast that we referenced as well. A-L-E-X-A in Canada dot C-A slash 70 for all the links. Thank you for tuning in. I look forward to bringing you another podcast next week. Until then, take care. She's got, she's got skills. skills.